If your metro don't trust you, I'm gon' shut you Beautiful morning, hear the sound of my morning, babe Nothing on you're listening to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I'm Pat Sheehan with my co-host Dave Martinson. He's currently tweeting about E3 as we speak, I think. Yeah, I am. I actually just ate a full DiGiorno pizza. Wow. If I fall asleep during the recording, we'll just cut that out. <laughs> Dave, you were tweeting a lot about E3 this week on your Twitter at Martin Swagger. Tell me, what is E3? Yeah, E3. You know what? Take a guess. What do you think it stands for? Electronic... Three something about like the three major electronics I'm guessing like PlayStation, Xbox, and t- well, Nintendo. Well, yeah, but none of those are the letter E. Huh. Well, <laughs> I was guessing electronics. Oh, okay, electronics so entertainment like... expo. Ah, there we go. There it's we go. the number one video game conference every year. Basically, an all week event in Los Angeles. It's where the biggest announcements for PlayStation and Xbox and usually Nintendo are made. A lot of news is broken about future games and mm-hmm. hardware and right now virtual reality stuff. So it's really cool. It's an exciting time if you are into video games at all. So I was tweeting a lot about it because Xbox and PlayStation had very good conferences. Can you name like your top three things that stood out? Sure. Yeah. So Microsoft, they announced Project Scorpio. It's coming out holiday 2017. What it is, it's basically like an upgraded, really souped up version of the Xbox One, which will support 4K and it's really fast, really technical. I think the best way just Google Project Scorpio, you'll see all the specs. And Scorpio. It's really interesting because it's like an iterative video game console, which is, it's think of it like upgrading your iPhone kind of deal. Oh, okay. So Project Scorpio is your number one standout. What else did that do? And just in general, lots of intriguing game announcements, whether those were expected games that, you know, have had the cover pulled off or brand new stuff. PlayStation brought out Hideo Kojima who's the Metal Gear Solid guy. He's like probably the most famous video game developer. Yeah. He has like seven Twitter accounts in different languages. <laughs> and like he had a really public bad falling out with Konami. Put it in perspective, at the Video Game Awards in December, Konami wouldn't let Kojima show up to accept the award for his last game. Wow. Solid 5. Some real nerd drama here. Yeah. So like, hashtag fuck Konami is like, a real thing <laughs> on Twitter. Like look that up. Video game people are not a fan of publisher right now. But yeah, that was cool seeing Kojima for the first time. Norman Reedus was in his trailer oh. uh, playing a mocap character. So really interesting. And then a lot of a lot of great games and stuff. So sure. uh, if you're into that you can tweet at me at Martin Swagger or just go to like IGN.com or GameSpot. There's tons and tons of news. We could spend a whole podcast talking about that. Yeah, I think the one thing that stood out to me was the new Zelda game yep. looks awesome. Yeah. Now, I was Zelda out, Breath of the Wild? Yes. I was out after Majora's Mask, after basically Legend of Zelda. I was like, this is not something I want to play. I didn't like the animation. I didn't like how cartoony it got. This looks like it's going right back to Ocarina of Time type mm, you mean You mean Wind Waker? Wind Waker, cartoon? yes, yeah. yes. So uh, I'm excited to, to to probably buy a Nintendo platform and play yeah. that. NX. And only that. Whatever the NX is actually going to be called, that's what you want to get it on because they're also putting it on the Wii U, but most people don't even know what the Wii U is. That's how terrible it's old, so... Well, that's well, definitely stay tuned. <laughs> so before we get in, we have a we have a packed show today. I wanted to jump on one topic that I tweeted about from my personal Twitter Twitter account at Sheen World Peace S H E N Y W R L D P A C E. Shout out Matter World Peace. The OJ Made in America documentary that ran Saturday night, the first of a five part installment on ABC, and now the rest of it is going to be on ESPN throughout the week. So Dave, what do you think about this OJ doc? Have you been able to watch it yet? No, I. I... Really, I have no desire to watch it. I'll, maybe I'll watch uh, American Crime Story, The People vs. OJ you at some point, just because I've heard it's how good Juice. it is. But I don't really don't understand the, the fascination with 
OJ Simpson right now. Like, there's more stuff in the pipe coming out. He's blowing like, up. ESPN man. has a thing coming. Like, I, I just don't understand the fascination with old news like this. Like, yeah, it's, it's right. a great story. It's very interesting, but it's all really well documented. Mm-hmm. Right? You can find all this out already in compelling fashion. I don't understand why we need more stuff. I really don't. Yeah, well, I think the the one thing and and the main part I just wanted to say about this before we move on was just the documentary has been awesome so far. At time of recording, there's only been two installments that have come out and that people have been able to to see. You can stream it all currently. But I think the thing that's really cool about this documentary, because all the other ones really follow OJ specifically, and OJ American Crime Story basically is all about the trial. Trial, right. But this starts back in the 60s and kind mm. of lays the landscape more of, about his life and stuff no it's actually more about the racial divide mm. within la and how that played into oj's own motives and and how the trial became such a, a phenomena so it's definitely really interesting it's really really well done they have these shots where they'll show a mob scene in in la like the the night la burned and then they show oj playing golf with all these white guys and just this right total dichotomy between these two worlds mm-hmm. and definitely really interesting recommend check it out follow me on twitter if you want my my tweets as they air them nightly but we're gonna move on to xxl some other people i think as you said i'm gonna give you credit for this joke some other people with maybe a questionable legal history D- don't quote me on that <laughs> so anderson pack anderson dot pack yeah don't forget the dot he's on it yeah i said that L- was a guarantee little dicky yeah you called it yeah Designer, Fandom. you called it. Who else Who else did you get right? Those are the three, the big ones. I said Ludo Uzivert was really popular, a really good one. His song Money Longer is huge right now. He's out of Philly. G Herbo, I said, would be really deserving. The rapper from Chicago, he's on there. Denzel Curry from Florida. I think he was a guy you didn't think was a, re- it was a real name. <laughs> Denzel Curry with the shot, boy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, out of Florida. He's in a Drake song. So, yeah, we, we predicted or shared our predictions and our thoughts about the cover I think four or five weeks ago on uh, I think on episode twelve I want to say, mm-hmm. and we mentioned most of the guys that made it. Also, Dave East from New York, Kodak Black from Florida. Who was your biggest surprise? Twenty One Savage from Atlanta because he sucks. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't speak English. I watch his interviews. He he's not good at communicating. He has a gigantic cross tattoo on his forehead, and generally he's just not great. I want to pull up. I want to pull up this picture. But here, and here's the thing, too. The tenth spot. Ten people make the cover every year. The tenth spot is whoever XXL didn't pick. It's a fan vote. So if Designer got a lot of votes, the XXL Mag people they already picked Designer. So next amount of votes gets a spot. It was Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty from Coloring Book kills it on yeah. that song mixtape. I like his verse there. In general, not a fan of Lil Yachty. Well, it's fine though. I mean, it's a, it's a solid pick, and it was the fan vote, so I can't even hate. But Twenty One Savage is straight trash. Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. You should have picked Playboy Cardi if you want that style of Atlanta rap. We told you to watch his Broke Boy music video because some not safe for work shit happens in that. <laughs> uh, you did show me that video. Definitely not safe for work. You have to sign into YouTube to watch this video. It's, actually, it's like the most explicit level. Um, but yeah, it's a solid list. It's fine. It's good. You, you can't really be mad because they're not out there to take the most lyrical people or the people with the, the biggest Twitter followings. They're just trying to pick the next set of stars. So that's why Mick Jenkins didn't get on. I thought he was a really good lock because he's really lyrical. And, mm-hmm. But they gave him a look. They didn't, didn't pick him, though. So it's odd. Post Malone didn't get it, though. 
Cornball himself. He, do you think he was the the biggest miss? Or I thought he was initially. I thought he was a miss just because he took Designer, who mm-hmm. has literally two songs to right. his to his, his official discography. One, of course, was number one on Billboard. But you don't take Post Malone, who had White Iverson be really big, tour with mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, and also had a bigger catalog. Found out why though. A spokesman for XXL was on the Breakfast Club in New York with uh, Charlamagne okay. and DJ Envy and all those people for uh, was it Power One Hundred Five or whatever. She was saying that quote. We were told, uh, this is about Post Malone not being the cover, we were told by his camp that he wasn't paying attention to hip-hop so much, he was going in more of a rock-pop-country direction. <laughs> no! Don't Post- do it, Post Malone! I don't know if that's a better or worse career move for him, <laughs> but I, now I just care even less, but yes, and that's why he didn't make it. OT Genesis didn't make it. I'm what, in love with the Coco. What do you think Post Malone would write a country song about? Unknown, but apparently he had a new song called Go Flex. I, I don't know what to do it, but apparently it, it hints at his non-hip-hop leanings. So. Was that a rock, a country, or a jazz song? <laughs> that, that That's the real question. Yeah, pretty broad, right? I, 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 think, I think the most interesting part of this podcast so far is that Post Malone might be an artist I actually end up following, and you don't. <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely find out more about that, but we want to move on to a rapper who's a little bit more established. Mm. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Troy from Community. Community. A.k.a. A- really smart, nerdy dude from The Martian. Yeah. A.K.A. Stripper in Magic Mike Double XL. Yeah, he's blowing up. A.K.A. <laughs> Lena Dunham's boyfriend for like two episodes of Girls, which... Uh, oh, shit, really? Yeah, it, it, it was weird. Gr- uh, girls... I mean, the top boyfriend on Girls is obviously the guy, Adam Driver. Yes, right? obviously. Is he, he's a star. Kylo Ren. Right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's one of the girls. Kylo Ren. Anyways, moving on. He has, he has a, a new casting, and it's... Adam Driver. No, not Adam Driver. <laughs> Sorry, the, the, he, he can say, I'm on he top wants. of all of his casting. I would already know this. Donald Glover <laughs> was recently cast in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Tell me why this is absolutely hilarious. It's really hilarious because a few years ago, many years ago, back when they were casting Andrew Garfield for the Amazing Spider-Man series that ended up only being two movies, back when they were still casting that role, there was a very popular online campaign for Donald Glover to be cast because in the comics, obviously we know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. He's the only one we've right. ever seen on screen. There's also, in the Ultimate Universe, Miles Morales, mm-hmm. which is a Hispanic Spider-Man. And everyone's like, yeah, let's get that character on there. That'd be great. Donald Glover can play Spider-Man. Donald He's Glover. He's nerdy. He was blowing up from the community <laughs> at the time. Previously, he was writing for 30 Rock, so everyone you know knew he was talented. And he didn't get on, but it's, it's just kind of a nice little full circle moment to see him cast it. Zero percent chance he's Miles Morales in this movie. There's no, no way. I mean, it's Tom Holland's show. Right. Civil War proved that. Yeah, no, it's actually really funny because if you follow his career, he did a stand-up in 2011 called Weirdo where he actually talked about how there was the online movement for yeah. him to be Spider-Man. That, that was the line I just used, actually. You know, he was flattered by I don't. I think he would have played it at the time because obviously his career wasn't where it's at now. It would have been his first movie, if I'm not mistaken. But he has a lot of really interesting projects coming up. Yeah, he's just really quirky in general nowadays, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So first, what do you think he'll? What do you think his role will be in the Spider-Man movie? If you had to take a guess, I mean, it, just to be clear, he hasn't officially been cast yet, but he it's officially confirmed he's in talks. Right. I don't know uh, some some kind of supporting character. I mean, it's funny because Josh Gambino he doesn't look super old, but he's like 30, 31. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're gonna have him be like a high school friend of Tom Holland. No, Peter I Parker. I, I don't think so. But too early to tell. I really don't know. So, something play. something comedic. Also, I don't know. Jonah Jameson? 
That'd be that'd be insane. <laughs> that'd be really funny. <laughs> I, I doubt he'll he'll no. play that role. Perhaps a fellow reporter at the Daily Bugle with Peter Parker. That'd be interesting. I, or with, with Joe Jameson, rather. I feel like it, his his star is pretty big though, so I feel like he has he. It is, but it's only as big as he lets it. You know, like if you look at his social media, he like deletes all his tweets. Like he, he's a weirdo. His man. Twitter, he's a weirdo. That's eh, fine. He's just quirky, so I don't know. He'll only take this role if he wants to be quirky. Like I don't know, The Martian. He was great. He's yeah, hilarious. absolutely. Really to tell, but good for him. He does have a couple of projects. He has a reported album with Chance the Rapper that will be coming out sometime in the future. We don't even have. Well, I, I don't. For that. I don't. It wasn't really confirmed that it was coming out. It was just confirmed that that its existence. It. it was in a red AMA with with Chance the Rapper back when he was promoting Coloring Book a few a few weeks ago, and someone asked him if a collaborative project with Childish Gambino exists, and Chance the Rapper simply replied, "Yes." That's really all we know. And the reason there was a lot of hype around that is because on Gambino's last album, Because the Internet, which was Grammy-nominated for Best Rap Album, yeah, it was a there's, album. A, there's a song called The Worst Guys, which has there's a music video for it with Chance in it, mm-hmm. and Chance is on the hook, and there's always the rumor of the missing Chance verse, because Chance doesn't have a, a verse in the song, he just does like the hook. Mm-hmm. And they also have two other songs, favorite song on Acid Rap. Yeah, uh, that's probably the best song. And then they also have another song on Gambino's royalty mixtape. They don't like me, so they've collaborated for some time now. And Chance, back when he was coming up in acid rap, he references uh, going on tour with Troy. Back when he was coming up, he was opening up for Gambino on tour, which is pretty crazy. Because I mean, they're, they're they're both pretty popular artists now, mm-hmm. but Chance, his star in the music business is way above Ch- Childish. Right. I think well, Gambino's underground hip hop career was much more established at the time. Yeah, like, I mean, he started putting mixtapes, I think, in 2008, so it was, it was right. a while. But the most interesting thing about this to me is I don't think we're really ever going to get that EP, just like I don't think we'll ever get the really? J. Cole-Kendrick Lamar collaboration project. So you, that was you, also confirmed to exist. You think, you think they'll make songs, but they won't release an EP of a, like a, a collab EP? It'll be Whatever like, EP he confirmed exists now, I think they keep that in the vault. If they want to do stuff, they'll do new stuff. Hmm, interesting. they put it out now. I think about it. Dr. Dre's Detox. True. Hype forever. Finally confirmed to be canceled and done. And then he puts out right. confidence instead. Like, it just, you don't say on stuff like that. Like, uh, Kanye, good ass job album. Right. That ain't coming. You, yeah. Even if it's not lost, I just don't think it's current form. It'll be totally changed and reworked. Side note on Kanye, he added another song to The Life of Pablo called St. Pablo today. So it's officially added. Oh, that song is officially added? Yeah, it's yeah, that's a good song. That's it a good, a good it's Lucy, song. yeah. So there, he he really is making that a living, creating, breathing art form. So good, good for you, Kanye. I guess, and I'll probably see you on tour. Tour, hopefully. St. Pablo so, tour. Yeah, MSG pumped. Anyways, back to Donald Glover. He has a show coming out in September called Atlanta. Correct. Have you seen the previews for Pre- this previews? So that there was an interview with uh, him and some other people on a red carpet, and they showed some clips oh. from it, and it, it looks like it's going to be really interesting. It, it's based around he plays this guy named. Ernest Ernst. It stars him and Nick Cousin as rappers in the Atlanta hip hop scene. Right. He's from Atlanta. It's going to be on FX. Comes out in September. Ten episodes. Yeah, and, and I think it, it's a, it's pretty interesting. And I think the way that he talked about it was the, this was the type of story he always wanted to see on TV, and he hopes that this starts some kind of. I mean, it makes sense that. because I mean, yeah, it's a comedy series. That's obviously what he's best at from Community. We know that and Ready for Thirty Rock. But he also has a lot of insight on Atlanta hip hop because he was in the scene back when he was still yeah. very active as Charles Gambino. Um, his last project, Stone Mountain Kawhi, the mixtape slash EP. First part of that's a Gangsta Grills mixtape with DJ Drama. 
he, he knows Atlanta hip. Very uh, excited for that because that is talented. I want to see his work. He's just mm-hmm. not out there often. So, which Don Glover is your favorite Don Glover? Don Glover the actor, Childish Gambino, or Don Glover the comedian? Mm, that's a good question. Probably the actor. Actor. Interesting. Why would you say that? Uh, I just think it's the most like refined version of Gambino. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he'll ever rap again. You know, that was at one stage of his career. Just like his comedian stuff, his stand-up comedian. You watch that now and it seems very like, oh, wow, that was a while ago for him, isn't it? Yeah, it was 2012, I think, was his last special. Right. And I, and I, I like his, his hip-hop music, especially his last few projects, but you can definitely see the progression in that as well. So I, I think my favorite part, favorite version of Don Glover is where we're at right now, the act making, sure. creating a screen show. I think when he puts his heart into it, I like Josh Gambino the most. I think that was also my first exposure to mm-hmm. him. Before I saw Community, I had, I had heard some of his mixtapes. But, I, yeah, so I would probably go Charles Gambino, but basically he's the type of guy that if he puts his whole heart into something, it's going to be at least decent. Yeah. So Definitely. if he if he wants to put out another great album, he will. But yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what happens after the the show. You know. Yeah, and if, we'll if it's successful and it goes on, I mean, he, I, I can see him doing something very similar to Larry David. You know, having a uh, a big hiatus. A tour TV. Yeah, to to get uh, I don't know what inspiration for for yeah. more. Just shows not just not pumping it out. You know. Yeah, absolutely. He's gonna take his time on on it. And Larry David this week. Announced that Curb Your Enthusiasm will be coming back to HBO. First time since 2011. How many seasons of that show? Nine. There's eight seasons. This is going to be the ninth. Nine. Yeah, it's done. And he, as he said, I left. I did nothing. I returned. Very, very Larry David, that that quote. <laughs> so, uh, have you seen Curb Your Enthusiasm? I've seen bits and pieces of it. I was never a huge Seinfeld guy, so therefore okay. I was, didn't ever, was drawn to Curb. It's it's funny. You know, I, I, I respect Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, but not my not totally my thing. Yeah, I, I think Curb is. Uh, I think Curb is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty okay. Uh, yeah, pretty okay. I, I think the interesting thing about it is that Larry David, in a, in a way, kind of started this this trend of taking time off to make shows. Mm-hmm. So Louis C.K. basically just put his show on hiatus, saying he doesn't know if he has any more stories for the character at this time. And that was after like a year and a half in between seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And and the last season was critically acclaimed by almost every news yeah. source, especially when basically the, the whole run of the show. In general. Yeah, absolutely. And Aziz isn't coming back with Master of None, maybe the biggest hit on Netflix from last year. Until the end. 2017, yeah, next yeah. fall, not this fall. Yeah, yeah, to give to give him and his writing partner some time to gallivant across yeah. Italy, take and, funny pictures, and Alan Yang, yes, yeah, <laughs> and, and make music videos to Same thing with Kanye Far- West songs. Same thing with Fargo, Noah Hawley. Yeah, take so time. part of, I think part of that's because they film in the winter in North Dakota. But I wanted to ask you, with Curb coming back, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley killing it, Veep killing it, Broad City making a name for itself in, in the comedy game. What do you uh, think super is, popular, yeah. What do you think is the best comedy show on TV right now? Ooh, good one. I don't watch a ton of comedies. I only watch the good ones, I think. You don't want any laughter in your life? You're so serious? Nah, I like stone-cold dramas, <laughs> killing my favorite character off every week. <laughs> game of Thrones this week, there's going to be a couple of deaths, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. But hopefully... Yeah, at least three. Yeah, I, four, I, I'm predicting four specific character dies, deaths, I can tell you, off-air. Or tweet at me. I don't want to spoil Game of Thrones. We haven't talked about it in a few weeks. We'll talk about it soon. Sci-Fi.com slash NostalgiaPod. Funny show on TV is Silicon Valley on HBO. I would agree with that. It's just consistently excellent. 
But I, I would say I think Broad City is. I've, I haven't watched all of Broad City. I, I know Broad City is very smart. Yeah, bro, it's it's really funny, and I think maybe you need to be a little bit in tune with one struggling millennial culture, but also just New York culture in general because they're super weirdos. I mean, the the show is they they do mm. the, some of the weirdest shit you're ever gonna see. Yeah, I but, saw Alana Glazer, yeah, on the stars. She yeah. totally blasted a dude who was pretending to be on the show to like talk to girls. Oh, really? And she like, totally blew him up. Yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> awesome. Andy Greenwald did a great interview with them when he first started at The Ringer that I recommend you all go listen to. But I would say that it's a close second, but Silicon Valley, consistently hilarious. I mean, mm. every week there's something. TJ Miller, Riot. Uh, Ehrlich is maybe the funniest character my, on TV. I think my favorite character on that show, though, is... Jared? Mar- Jared. Oh, Jared's really good, too. <laughs> no, uh, Martin stars Guilfoyle. Oh, the way Gilfoyle's he the consistently... Destroys Kamala Johnny's yeah. Dinesh unparalleled, especially this past episode. The thing with the jacket. Oh my god, it was so great. The coffee shop. Yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious. G- Gilfoyle and Dinesh are such a great foil yeah, of each other. It's for sure it's perfect. That's a show. I mean, that's a show. That it's super well written, really witty humor, and it gets laugh out loud laughs out of you. Yeah, absolutely. You really can't complain. So moving on from comedies though to something a little bit more. Theatrical. That was that was a great transition. I just want to say. Well, I told you said that. We want to talk about the Tonys. Yeah. So <laughs> Hamilton. I mean, well, you're not going to shout out Frank Langella winning his upteenth Tony. I, I was not going to do that, but you because you just did it for me. The homie held it down as Richard Nixon in Frost Nixon. Good movie. I, I never saw that. Recommend. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> but yeah, Hamilton won 11 Tonys. It was nominated for a record 16, and it won Best Musical. Best lead actor was not won by the creator and star of the show, Lin-Manuel Miranda. It was won by Leslie Odom Jr., who played Aaron Burr. Yeah, it also won Best Featured Actress and Actor. Uh, David Diggs killed it. Dual roles, Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. So it it really cleaned up. They had Best Orchestration, Best Original Score. One Tony win away from tying the producer's record of 12. Yeah, so uh, did you watch any of the Tonys? No, I did not. Did um, you watch the highlight? I, yeah, I like to watch some of the speeches and stuff. I think that's buzzworthy, you know, clipworthy stuff mm-hmm. like that. The reason I don't really watch the Tonys per se is because I don't go to plays as often as I'd like because going to plays is expensive. Yeah, um, I mean, if you want to go see Hamilton at this point, you basically need to cut off an appendage and sell it uh, on the black market to, yeah. pay, to pay for a ticket. I, mean, I, saw, I saw The King and I a few weeks ago oh. on Broadway. That was really good. I mean, I like plays. I like musicals, but I'm never, like, you know, well-versed in, you know, what's going on in theater this year to mm-hmm. watch the Tonys. But Hamilton, talk about fear of missing out. I really wish I could see this. Most of that, you know, leads for this first run, they'll all be done when their contracts end, assumingly, in the summer sometime. Well, they're expanding right now. Not to... that this play won't run for it's gonna 30 run. years. I'm pretty sure it's already sold out for like the next two years. It's basically sold out everything, every date it has, which is halfway through next year, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty insane how it's popular incredible. this has become. And actually, the really interesting thing about this play, Hamilton as a play, but mm-hmm. also this Tony Awards in general, is it's in stark contrast to pretty much everything that you see at the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. I mean, Academy Awards, Oscar's so white... This, every major acting category was won by an African-American. Right, and the, and the best actress category was not won by Hamilton. It was won by the woman from The Color Purple. You're right, you're but right. But either way, it was a sweep mm-hmm. from uh, for minorities in that regard. And honestly, I think it just happened to be that the most popular play in who knows how long is starring all minorities. 
you know, Lin-Manuel cast who he cast, and it, they're really, really great. And the, the the girl from The Color Purple, tons of buzz, really, really fantastic. So they're getting the roles in theater. They're not so much getting the roles in Hollywood. The interesting thing is I think the only culturally diverse movie that was nominated for anything last year was the movie about NWA. Straight Outta Compton. Straight, it was, was Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. And cr- a little bit of Creed, too. Oh, Creed, really. Creed as well. Yeah. It was just Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, so you, you get the, the old white guy gets <laughs> yeah, yeah. nominated Classic. for Classic. Right. But uh, and, and the, they did, he doesn't even shout him out the Golden Globes. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Anyways, then hip-hop comes onto the scene on Broadway, which is known for being a lot more culturally diverse in, in numerous ways sure. than Hollywood. Of course. And it blows up, and it pretty yeah. much dominated culture this year. I mean, I think people were listening yeah. to it, even if you hadn't seen the play, the songs were that good. You want to cry yourself to sleep, go to SeatGeek and look at <laughs> Tomorrow for Hamilton. I'm telling you, you need to sell an appendage, dude. I, I looked at today. There was one ticket available, and it was for $900, and that was day of. <laughs> I mean, you look, it sold out, like we said, for months, all the way until next right. year. You're talking over $1,000 for nosebleed seats. Yeah. And I think the craziest thing about this is the lottery they have for it. 10,000 people enter the lottery for Hamilton tickets every day. That's they give insane. away 21 tickets. So yeah, you get, you get uh, they give away 21 tickets. You can get one or two tickets. Okay. So your odds of winning this lottery, if... Everyone takes two tickets, which, I mean, if I won, I would take two tickets. I'd take my mom, obviously. What, in, one in 20,000? No, it's not that bad. No. It's 909 to one. 909? Yeah, it's funny. If they say I you're more likely to be struck by lightning than win the Hamilton lottery, it's actually not true. <laughs> <laughs> you're actually more likely to win right in New York Times bestseller, 220 to one. Hmm. Funny, right? Mashable had a really good piece about the odds around this stuff. I, I'm pretty sure all that means is that it's really easy to write a uh, New York Times bestseller. They give that out like like water. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Great literature right there. Yeah, pretty sure you can go on Pornhub and find better literature. <laughs> Anyways, an- another interesting thing about the, the Tonys this year, I thought, was James Corden hosting. So I, I know you didn't see a ton of highlights, but did you see any of his hosting job? I know he had a really good opening speech. Where he went through about <laughs> 20 different plays that were on Broadway this year, I believe, that he... Somehow, like, played a little bit of a role in each one. That's really good. That was a skit, apparently. Yeah, Hamilton introduced him, which was... This award show is so diverse that Trump wants to build a wall around this theater. That was hilarious. (laughs) And then they had uh, a skit about Hillary saying she really needs this job, singing a line from one of the plays that talks about that. So it's... It, it seemed to be a really interesting... It also came after a, a really horrific event that happened, and I think Lin-Manuel Miranda really... Probably at the moment of the night, and I'm sure everybody saw it, his speech mm-hmm. talking, you know, after he Probably won the yeah. best original score. I, I mean, yeah, he was accepting a ton of the awards on, yeah. on behalf of, like, I think best musical, all those ones, he gets credit for writing most of the stuff. So. Yeah, so, but he, that that was beautiful. So if you haven't seen that, please go look that speech up. But the Tonys, yeah, I mean, apparently it did pretty well ratings-wise. I mean, decent for being about stuff that a lot of people don't actually go and see. Really eventful weekend. Yeah. E3, Tonys, Belmont. Stanley Cup's end. Who I, won the Belmont? I didn't actually watch that. Was I don't it, know. it wasn't Nyquist. No, I think he didn't drop out. Exaggerator. Oh, did he? Uh, I, I exact- followed his Twitter for a while, and then uh, we did the Triple Crown. Exaggerator might have won. I like horse names. They're great. Oh, that's, that's a great. That's a great horse name. Creator. Oh, that's the Belmont Stakes. So yeah, it was it was definitely an eventful weekend. But I want to talk about one of your weekends a little while back. <laughs> So you were flying cross-country to go to one of your conferences. San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Where you, where, where'd you go there? 
I was going to kind of funny life too, and yeah. just being on vacation in general. But you had a great vacation, right? I did. I did. Yeah. You see Follow me on Instagram, Dave underscore Martinson. Did you see it. the Golden Gate Bridge? I watched it cross. Oh, there you go. Did. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I saw the Full House house. Yeah. Full- uh, Fuller House is trash, right? Yeah. That that was your Instagram, I think. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. You saw a lot of plane movies because you were flying a yeah. shit ton. I watched three movies there, back to back to back. Golf plane. And <laughs> a week later, I watched three more on the way home. And we will touch on all of them, I'm sure, at some point. Yep. But I wanted to talk about one after we found out about the most recent casting for Young Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to find out more about Mr. Aaron Reich. Alden Aaron Reich, yes. So tell me... He steals the show. In? Hail Caesar, Cullen Brothers movie. Came out in, what, February, I want to say? Has George Clooney, Scarlett Johansson, Jonah Hill... Josh Brolin. Jo- Josh Brolin. Tilda Swinton. Allison Pill was very Oh, moral. isn't um, Channing Tatum in it, too? Channing, Ch- Channing Tatum is in it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alden Aaron Reich is the best part of that movie. But he's only in, like, what, five scenes? Oh, and Ray Fiennes, too. Oh, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes has this great dynamic with Aaron Reich, because Ray Fiennes is, like, a Steven Spielberg, like, really a famed director. And Aaron Reich is this hot, up-and-coming, really marketable actor who can't actually act, but he's, like, good-looking and stuff. Okay, gotcha. And their dynamic about how pissy Ray Fiennes is about trying to work with this kid who just has no talent. Right. And... He complains to Josh Brolin, who's the main lead of the movie. He, like, runs the film company. And, unfortunately, the story itself isn't actually anything too spectacular. Like, I feel like all the performances are great and interesting, but the movie's not really, doesn't amount to the sum of its parts. But it's great to see Aaron Reich, good acting. For such an ensemble cast, uh, I would have to think... You'd have to really not have much of a story there for this to miss. It, it's there's a story is there. It's just the story itself is just kind of simple and kind of like meh, not super interesting. Honestly, the weirdest thing, and this was you know talked about a lot already, but Jonah Hill is in one scene in this movie, literally one <laughs> scene, and he's just sitting at a typewriter, looking up and like saying yeah and stuff. And Scarlett Johansson with Scarlett Johansson, right? It's in the correct. previews. Yeah, correct. And yeah, that's his only scene the in the trailer. <laughs> And he must have he, got some scenes cut. He got top billing and everything. I mean, I don't even know. It seemed like his character was very small. Just minimal? Huh? Yeah. Interesting. I guess everybody wants to be with the, in a Coen Brothers movie, right? Yeah, it's very Coen Brothers in that regard, too. But yeah. Definitely uh, definitely cool. A good movie to watch if you wanted to vet Aaron Reich for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'll definitely check it out at some point. Just one of the movies I did not get to from last year because there were... This year. Uh, this year, you're right, uh, because there have been so many that other ones I've wanted to see, namely superhero movies. So mm-hmm. we don't really have too much more for this week. Been a little bit of a, a grab bag type week where we talked about a lot of different topics. But if you have suggestions for future episodes, please hit us up on Twitter at NostalgiaPod. Mm-hmm. I think we mentioned our own Twitter handles at the beginning of the show, but you can find Dave at Martin Swagger. Yeah, <laughs> and you can find me at Sheeny World Peace. I spelled it earlier. Shout out to World Peace still. And I think we're out for this week. Don't forget to give us a rating on iTunes. If you'd be so kind, that'd be really, really, really appreciated. There's a link to our iTunes right from our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod, as well as links to us on Stitcher and Google Play. So get it how you want, but get it. Yeah, and uh, if you pay attention to Dave's Twitter this week, I think he's probably going to start a Twitter beef with uh, 
Who was that artist that you said did not deserve to be on uh, XSL? Is it Savage something? 21 Savage 21 sucks. Savage. Yeah, Dave, Dave's just going to start a Twitter beef with, with him through our, our Nostalgia Pod account. So definitely follow that for some entertaining back and forth. Watch Playboy Cardi's Broke Boy video, but you got to sign in. <laughs> We're out. And this year's been a long round, so I got to go. It's logic. The one nobody would vouch for. How's that shit for an outro? <laughs>